0: Hi, Babs, and welcome to This Property Life podcast. How are you?
1: Yeah, good, thanks. Thanks for having me.
0: Excellent. No, great to have you on. So let's get straight into it. Tell us, Babs, how did you get started into property? Tell us a bit about what you did before, um, how you kind of got into property, particularly seeing as how you work in risk. So how does somebody who works in risk every day
1: decide
0: to get into property investing?
1: Well, I think it was very much the job because at that point back in 2018 I was living in Lancaster but working in Manchester um, and had my daughter who was less than a year old and having to commute so having to drop her off at nursery catch a 20 past 7 train and then not being back Well, by the time I got back from work she'd be already in bed so it was just a that was my pain point was just that commute of having to spend so much time away um, from my daughter and being just feeling like it was just not really what you set up to be when you're a parent not to be with them but I think with risk, everyone kind of thinks risk is your job is to tell people not to do things. But I think it's not it's just understanding what you're doing, like what's the risk you're taking? Are you comfortable with that risk if things go wrong? Um, and it, and also just trying to think about what you might do to prevent things from going badly. Um, so I think with property um, and at the time working in an investment banks so being familiar with different investment classes, um, property is, is tangible. You can see and it's easily understandable compared to you know some of the stocks or, crazy money market stuff. Uh, but yeah, I think it was a, I'd been a bit accidental landlord a few years before and sold at a loss and just kind of thought, I, yeah, I just didn't know what I was doing. And then going to the training, it was like, right, I get this and I can see how this can this can work. Um, and that kind of got me excited. So yeah, I think it was just um, the training and Caroline and realizing that I was in a pain point. And as much as the salary felt comfortable, it wasn't, it wasn't going to give me the life that I wanted or the freedom to do what I wanted to do.
0: Yeah, fantastic. I mean, uh, I, I love your story um, and we'll get into it a lot more as we, as we go. Um, so here you are, you're working in risk, risk management within an investment bank. Uh, you've got a young daughter, you're not seeing very much, lots of commuting, um, not kind of living the life. It's kind of not the life as sold, right? So yeah. kind of the and dream is also, sold.
1: I should say before... Um, before my daughter I was living in Australia so it felt like I'd gone from this like cool lifestyle and lots of disposable income being in sunny and living a fun life to just spending a lot of time in the rain on a train and it just yeah it was pretty
0: (laughs) depressing yeah exactly it's not kind of you know the the dream has sold to us is you know get a good good job you know working investment bank you know it's kind of that that should be the dream actually kind of kind of really is um I think you know having talked to you lots over the years you know Having your, your your daughter at the time and now I know you've you've got you've got two kids, yeah. um. So you're on to leave just now, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 Um. So yeah, you know, um, the, the dream house sold isn't isn't is not actually you know what what a lot of people actually want. So, fab. So he came to training. So he did training Caroline back in how long ago now? Five six years. Yeah,
1: twenty eighteen. It was um twenty eighteen the three day basic. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and then um, did you have any properties before you got into before you got into that? I know you said you dabbled a little bit, but
1: no, just um, at the point of the train, just had the residential property. So just a yeah. uh, okay. house, and I've been very much in that: overpay the mortgage, try and pay down the mortgage because um, that's what it's a sensible thing to do, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Into, you know, if you work in risk, that's that's kind of what you're looking to mitigate get all those risks right. So, um as I said, it's kind of the the, the dream our sold but not not the reality is is not actually that that exciting at all. So, okay, so tell us a little bit about you know you, you see, came on some training um and you got started. I know you got started straight away. You kind of got the got the spark, didn't you? And uh, so, tell us what happened next.
1: Yeah, so kind of went gung ho into it, viewing properties. Um, and my first property deal I got was actually a block of flats, um, which at the time my thinking was that will just accelerate me further to that financial freedom figure. Um, and I think it was on the yeah. mentorship where both you and Rick were just like, that's quite a advanced strategy to start with. But um, yeah, it just kind of got me the bug. Uh, and it's crazy because that cause my current strategy that I'm excited about is title splitting. Um, and that I've still yeah. got that block of flats in my portfolio and it's, done very well for me but um i bought that for 142 thousand pounds and now through title splitting it when i come to refinance it's going to be like a half a million pound block which just is mad because the deals the deal worked when i did it but it's just even better with the more knowledge that i've gotten over the
0: years okay so you're just kind of throwing that one out there so you bought a, let's just kind of deconstruct right. that a little bit so you bought a block of four flats and that was in Morecambe, correct? Yep. Yep. A
1: block of six flats. A, yeah. block of six flats in Morecambe. Yeah. Just around from the um, promenade.
0: Yeah. No, I remember it well. So, um, so yeah, myself and Rick came out uh, with you and your partner at the time um, yep. on a mentorship and um that was quite an interesting experience all around i think <laughs> um, and um we'll just talk briefly about as we go but <clears throat> yeah i remember i remember that block and um you yeah, know we're seeing that at the time and you know remarking what you know that that was a big step for someone to do straight off the bat coming out of the training as a first project but i think you know having talked to rick as well at the time you know we, we knew from you know, within a couple of minutes of talking to you, uh, perhaps on on that mentorship, that you know you, that you had this level of determination and ability that we thought look, you can pull this off. Um, you know, we could both see that. Um, so that I think that's you know, it wouldn't have been the right step for a lot of people, but I think for well, you, you know, it it, it it was, and and you could you could pull it off. Um, so you bought a block for six flats. Yes, you know, right on the promenade in, in Morecambe. And in Morecambe at the time, um, you know, it's one of those kind of seaside towns that, you know, had its heyday and it kind of fell from grace a little bit. Um, but what's it doing now? Is it back on the up again, Morecambe? I know there was yeah, it news is. About Eden Project.
1: Yeah. So I think there have been a few factors which are good for Morecambe. So there's the all the buzz about Eden Project North, which at the time of the mentorship was still a bit of a rumour, like it was kind of like, oh, there was not much certainty that it was actually going to happen. Um, but Morecambe's been given level up, leveling up funding from um, the government and Rishi Sunak's been up. So it's all looking a lot more likely that 2026 there'll be the senior project now on in Morecambe.
0: There's
1: yeah. an ITV series, which has done like four series now in Morecambe. Um, and also Tyson Fury. I think the fact that he's now got his show on Netflix, I'm getting a lot of people messaging me saying, oh, I want to come visit Morecambe now because it, it's all promoting Morecambe and giving yeah. a bit more buzz and a bit more profile to what was fairly neglected seaside town before so it definitely is on the up and from a property perspective um prices have gone a bit crazy like um I know we mentioned it before um offline but the on the mentorship with Rick you know we looked at a hotel turning that into a smart hotel and the numbers worked at the time even with the occupancy and the um prices you could charge at that point in time um but didn't as much as there were secured circumstances it didn't they didn't complete on it, but it's mad that across the road, another hotel in just as bad condition as the one we looked at did sell for double the price that we'd agreed just a year later. So, um, I think, yeah, the mentorship showed that we did, th- that it was a good deal and we knew the numbers um, and to have confidence in that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So let's, let's get back to just work on this. One of my favorite mentions, you know, all my years of mentoring, um, you know, probably 15, 12, 15 years of mentoring, um, your mentorship is one that really so <laughs> Yeah. A number, a number of positive, you know, really positive reasons. Um, you know, it was meeting you, and we as said me and Rick could see straight away that you had this spark and you had this level of determination. Um, and we knew that whatever you put your hand to you you would you would achieve. Um, but there was a really odd dynamic, I hope you don't mind if we talk about this just briefly. Um, yeah. with your partner at the time who seemed to be really negative at that at that time you were like see this super positive person and me we were like that is, is great she's gonna go but what, what were you, yeah we, we the first day we were like but what's happening with with a partner that you know we couldn't really kind of work that out and it, and it was a it was one of the most challenging mentorships I think I've had for that reason i've I've yeah, very yeah. really seen a dynamic where you've got one party one half the the partnership absolutely ho, going for it totally you know on it, you know, yeah. level of determination, ability, all these things. And the other half of the partnership almost like total opposite. And and dra- and we could see that it, it, you know, that he was kind of dragging down. And, and you know, we, we were trying to work out how to how to work that dynamic, really. And yeah. um Rick and I actually sat down that night, that first night, and we, we said, Well, I think what we need to do is split here. Yeah. And it was actually fortunate. That Rick was with me, because normally I'd be on my own, I can't, no,
1: can't really I can't, yeah,
0: I can't <laughs> split myself off, but we could, and that really helped, I think, to, you know, to take um, your partner aside and, and you know, have that conversation, whilst a, a, at least allowing you to, to get full focus and attention, um, so that was a real challenging one for us, um, but um, yeah, we could see that you, you bought this block, it was a great you know a great property you know great amazing price one hundred forty two thousand for six flats and now yep. um if i remember correctly you're operating some as service units and some as by to lets is that right um, no
1: they're all buy-to-lets because i think at the time um, yeah, yeah at, the t- at the time of the mentorship two were running a service accommodation but that was to give if anything my partner something to do because he wasn't yeah. working um but yeah i think the mentorship was a kind of the start of the realization that um things weren't so good in that relationship. And I think as much as it was actually his idea to go to the, um, the two hour seminar and to get involved in property. Yeah. yeah. I think um, he just didn't want to put the work in. And I think there was probably a bit of over time jealousy that I was kind of pushing ahead and getting the results and a bit of the recognition. But um, so it was a bit yeah. of a turning point and a wake up call that, um, you know, other people that I'd meet through training or just through property networking would kind of could, were calling out noise oh, quite, gaslighting and quite negative towards you um but i think at the moment when you're so gung-ho and, and involved in just talking to solicitors getting things over the line dealing with tenants dealing with state agents um and, and holding down the job and with the daughter it didn't it, yeah i think the mentorship gave a bit of time to kind of see actually what are you doing
0: yeah you i talking? mean I, I mean i think that's an important aspect of the mentorship is to it's not just about property it's about helping helping you and, and and helping that person who is really wanting to, to 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 make it work in property to to be successful and that's why we were scratching our, scratching our, our hair out just thinking well just yeah I'm not, I'm not sure how we're going to work here so we managed to kind of split things off and and give you the attention that, that you needed um and um yeah I, I remember kind of on on the on the, the last day of the mentorship, you know you were just on your own and um and I think that was a moment that that we kind of thought okay you know um we need to need to focus on you now and um you know and and give you the tools and give you the 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 support that you need to to go off and be really successful in property um which is amazing you know and um you know subsequently subsequently that you did end up splitting up from that partner um and you've now got, got a new partner you've got a second child um you know, and, and things are very, very different for you. And um, and I know you've gone on to do some incredible things in property. So, um, yeah, so tell us a little bit about kind of what happened, you know, after that.
1: Yeah, after well, that I think, because um, I think it was like, a, yeah, 2020 was a rough year because it was the divorce and that kind of all finally happening, um, which was a great thing to actually happen personally, like, um, but at the time it was tough. And there was out of the six flats there was the basement flat which hadn't been done and that was something that you know you yourself and rick were kind of saying you know that's a great opportunity why don't you just get that one done but i think after the doing the five flats i was a bit fatigued and um but it did kind of open my eyes that i should get that flat working as well um but that was a bit burnt i got burnt as well because cowboy builders the first time um i got that flat renovated um and being from risk, I had thought I'd ticked all the kind of boxes. I'd, spoke, I'd used something that somebody else had used before. I'd got like, you know, payment terms and stuff. I had insurance. But, uh, yeah, it just it was a lesson that you can't – got to still go where you got Just You can't just tick off some things. There's still – things can still go wrong. Um, so cowboy builders, divorce, I got scammed. So I think 2020 was just a bit of a rough year. But it also made me so grateful for property because I did find myself off – on sick long to, on sick leave and I've never been on sick leave before but statutory sick pay is pennies it's like just over 400 pounds which is not a lot of money to cope and I don't think I would have coped if I didn't have the portfolio to kind of pay the bills and keep things ticking over while I kind of got through everything to come out the other side.
0: Yeah I mean I, I know we kind of kept in touch over the over the past few years and um, you know I've always been played away by your resilience and and the fact that you've you know you, you've been through a, a major turmoil um yeah. and come out the other side but it, it was property you know it was actually the, the investing in property in the first place that, that helped you get through that um, and to provide you that that level of security that you could take that bit of time off and and, and kind of rebuild
1: yeah and i think um Having gone through it, like it was like tentative steps at first of getting back into it, because uh yeah, you know, so it was just adding a few more bitelets, but um but yeah, now I feel like
0: yeah, I say that very cool. nonchalantly. You say that you said that very nonchalantly there, Babs. Yeah, I just had add a few more bitelets, but I know there's a lot more work that goes into that. Um, yeah. So, so tell us a bit about kind of how you got yourself back on your feet and 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 and, and what you did to kind of re-engage and, and you know get back and adding those few bitelets.
1: Um. So I think, I think cause it was always still the you know tenancies and the properties that were already had in the background. And then, um, yeah, I think it was just, uh, yeah, I really enjoy property. I do, I am a bit of a property, a bit obsessed and a bit of a property addict. So you kind of keep your eye on the market and seeing what's going on. Um, so I don't even think I recognize a conscious ethics. I think it's all become, you know, habits now and, um, but yeah, it was just talking to people. So I got an off-market deal for a three bed semi-detached house, and this was when the market was crazy. And I was saying to the person, just just put it on with an agent, and you'll get a really good offer within a week. You don't you don't want to sell to me because I want a discount. I don't want, um, and I didn't even go aggressive in my pricing. So I I made them an offer. They wanted it because they, they didn't want to deal with estate agents and people, and they had the real fear of the sale falling through. Um. But it's mad. I bought that property and then a year later across the I bought that property for 135, um, spent less than five grand, just giving it a look of paint, plastered a room, um, and rent got it rented and it's still rented, and then across the road sold for two hundred and ten thousand. So um that's why I think it didn't feel like hard work, but it yeah, they are they can be hard work. And you know, the other lets I did one of them, um was occupied so when i went to see it i didn't quite realize how bad the walls were so a 15 grand budget came a 25 grand spend but still the numbers worked and still it's um that's doing well and i think having the other ones um performing kind of shouldered that extra spend as well so um i think it's just that's so it's it the think...
0: benefits having, it's benefits of having a portfolio rather than just having you know i think what? a lot of um of the kind of new investors or amateur investors think it's safer to have just like one property sometimes. But what you're saying is basically that having the portfolio gave you the comfort that yeah. you could maybe spend more on this project because your portfolio covered it. And this is something that I, I teach and train a lot of our, you know, students or anyone looking to get into properties, like one, one isn't going to do it. You have to have the portfolio that, that gives you that, that security because if you have one property and it's empty or something goes wrong with it, you've got a real problem. Yeah. But when you've got a portfolio and one's empty or you've got a problem with it, it's it's not as big a deal because because the, the portfolio, the larger portfolio will will support you. Um, yeah. I just want to jump back and just say, uh, you know, you kind of glossed over a little bit. Um, so I'm just going to take a little bit more detail on that, okay. on your, on your direct to vendor property. Because yeah. I get a lot of students coming to me, a lot of people wanting to get into property, saying, oh, it's really hard. You know, you can't get, can't get direct to vendor you can't get money and money out of deals um but here you are in what 2020, 2021 yeah when the market was crazy you know when you turn up to viewings and there's 20 other investors looking to you know buy properties here you are picking up a property for hundred thirty five thousand direct to vendor because you'd made that effort you would you know how did you get that direct to talk us through that a little bit because i'm really interested um, in to hear how you did that
1: So two of those two that in 2021 that I got direct to vendor. Um and I think well I I know. So the first one was um through people knowing that I was involved in property. So it was actually my sister introduced me to somebody um that she knew who was looking to sell. So um yeah, like people knowing what you're doing, that helps. Um and the second one was uh the property was advertised, so it was on the market um and wasn't selling and I tried to speak to the estate agent to get that access that way. And it was one of the, you know, the online agents. So um, I knew there was a fair chance if I got a viewing through the agent, I'd be speaking to the vendor anyway, um, but couldn't get a viewing. So I just, I wrote a letter and posted it through the the letterbox and the the vendor called me back um, and she'd already taken it off the market with the, the estate agent because she got fed up. So um, I do, yeah, I like the keep an eye out for the online agents because if someone's wanting to say pennies, normally it means you're going to get access yeah. to the
0: vendor and find out what their pain is. Well, there's there's a great little tip. There's a golden nugget for anyone listening to this. Um, to say that again, so that's those online agents. So, you know, what's it? Your Springbok, YoPa yeah. agents yeah. like that. These online agents. Um, little golden nugget for you guys listening there. Um, those are the ones to focus on because you know already you've got a vendor that is looking to save some pennies. The online agents um, generally don't give the best service. That's why they're cheap. Um, so a nice little opportunity to get direct to vendor there. I love that. absolutely love that. So, and you found a vendor that didn't want to particularly list with an agent because they didn't want people chasing around the house. And they yeah. get this quite a lot. And again, I think a lot of new investors, investors in property make all these assumptions that why would anybody sell cheaply to me if they could sell on the market? So maybe tell us a little bit about that. What did you say? How did you direct that conversation with the vendor?
1: Well, I think it's just, um, yeah, well, I, mean, I think I was I was just really honest with them and just said, because I did say, you know, if you put it on with an agent in this market, you're not going to struggle to sell because there was nothing wrong with the house. It, was, it wasn't um, a house that needed a lot of work or um, you need to do something funky to kind of increase the value. It just was a good, solid house um, that people would like to live in. Um, but, yeah, I think the training and experience you gain – Sometimes it does surprise me because you kind of I think you always assume that everyone's at the same level, but then when you talk to people in you know your personal network um, and you see their face or they say questions like you know um, and you just realize how actually what is really scary to a lot of other people just becomes not even something to be phased by um, the more the more experience you get because like even with um, interest rates and the craziness of the base rate and how lenders have reacted to that. Um, there's a lot of people being like, Oh, I need to fix right now. And I'm like, well, do you though? Cause inflation will come down. Like what, when, when does your rate expire? And just find yourself asking more questions and asking them to think about things differently that, um, yeah, there's a lot that most people don't think about. And I think that was with the same with a spender that they just wanted to, to know the house was sold so they could go find the bigger house for themselves and know what the numbers were that they were working with. Um, and it was like, even through the sale and the purchase of their property I was kind of like coaching them a bit in the background because they were saying oh my mortgage broker says this what should I do or the estate agent's asking the the sales the solicitor's asking for this what do I need to say and the estate agent and just kind of saying to them just breathe (laughs) you know don't worry that's not a big deal like it's a or explain terminology that you get so comfortable with you hear so many times um, and saying why it's nothing to get upset about but yeah it's all stuff like second nature I think as you invest that most people isn't
0: yeah it's just that experience you gain by just being out there and doing it and there's a couple of things that i love about that 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 particular deal one you mentioned uh, everyone knowing what you do yeah and this is something i really try and drum into anyone that comes and works with us property wealth system is you've got to start telling everyone what you do because if people don't know what you do you know you're you're potentially missing out on all these deals you know um letting everyone know what you're telling everyone what you do ttp i'm sure you remember that term ttp talk to people yeah to Just, it. it
1: took me a while though because i think um especially at the start i think even at the mentorship you and rick were kind of like what are you doing um well i tried to very much keep like personal professional and investing all very separate because i thought oh right. i don't want my boss to think i'm doing something i shouldn't be doing or and you know worrying about family and what they might think of what i'm up to um so I know, like Caroline said, it's like you know, my first, um, the first private investors that I was speaking to were people that I didn't know. It was people um, some of them I never even met, but just like trying the professional channels and different things rather than um, friends and family, because which I know is what you guys, you know, you're trained to go speak to friends and family because they should know, like, and trust you. But um, I've had this real issue of um, mixing, um, so it's something I had to overcome.
0: Yeah, but 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 you did i know you, I know you did and it's something yeah I remember that i remember having that conversation with you and you're you know I, um, I remember you being quite distinct about that It's like look, this is this is this thing over here and i want to keep this this bit all separate um but but seeing now that you've kind of really you know you've said yeah that was a barrier that was a block and you've had to overcome that um yeah there's always going to be challenges in property it's different for everyone but that was one of yours um, yeah. But you've managed mm-hmm. to overcome that. And I said, I love that story because it's, it's you know, talk to people, tell everyone what you do, um, brings opportunities. And, and there you are finding, you know, director vendor now again, you know, it would have been very easy to give up on that deal, to just, you know, try and get hold of the agent, try and get a viewing, not be able to get one and, and let it slide. Yep. Yeah. Again, no, you think, right, okay, no, I'm not going to give up on this. This is a potential opportunity. Write a letter, put it through the door. And you I get the phone call.
1: Because I think it was like, you know, first month, trying to get the viewing, couldn't get anything sorted, looking at other stuff. And then, you know, a month later, you know, that's, that house is still hasn't sold. Um, and it's like, what you guys say is like, look back, you know, if you've looked at something, follow up, because it might be a no now for whatever reasons, but it's not always going to be a no. It might not always be a no. Well,
0: it's always going to be a no, ex- exactly. And and it's um, it's that persist- level of persistence and not give up on a potential opportunity. And, you know, if we look about, okay, how much has that property made you? So you bought it for 135 it's worth over what's it worth now maybe 200
1: yeah 210 was what across the road sold for um and wasn't yeah. in much better condition like it was very comparable
0: yeah um and how much did you spend on it
1: um yeah i'd say like if you include stamp and legals it's less than like eight grand maybe
0: okay so you spent eight grand, to so win for about 142, let's call it 145, with a few fees. So, you made yourself some equity there, you know, of 60, 65,000. Yep, um, by writing a letter and talking to people.
1: Yeah,
0: pretty good. Yeah. And well, what did you do with that? Did you sell that? Or do you, I don't, I know you don't really like selling stuff, do you? No, no, I
1: think, uh, yeah, I'm a bit of a hoarder of properties. <laughs> yeah, um, so I, I have done that, that property I've kept and that's rented out, and the tenants are still there and they're quite happy. Um, but yeah, no, I've done one flip. I did flip one property. It was a JV with somebody else. I, I found the deal. They brought the money. Um, but yeah, I don't like I don't like selling. I like to if I can <laughs> find a way to keep it, I'll keep it. Um, I, I, I do think there's yeah. there's comfort in knowing you know you buy to let's that equity and you know when you think about exits for bigger deals or new deals, it's nice to know if needed to I can access that cash. Um, but yeah if i can i'd rather not
0: <laughs> yeah no I, I i get that um okay so while we're talking on the subject of money and angels we've kind of briefly mentioned that so tell me about your experience like finding finding investors was this was this a block for you
1: um yes i think cuz yes i think being uh, risk and cautious and just also you know you don't think why would it is hard to think why would somebody give me money and I think you know you guys talk about a lot in terms of like there's that thought of being going with a begging bowl and I think um I took so much pride in my professional career um like that's something that always sticks out when our mentorship was when you kind of made me work out the hourly actually what i was getting paid on an hourly basis when I factored in my commute and stuff and yeah it wasn't that wasn't that special <laughs> um but that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's 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 one of the um that's one of my favorite favorite tools to use on a mentorship I think is that one it does kind of yeah i remember doing that i remember sitting down doing that with you and yeah i remember that your face was like oh, yeah
1: it wasn't so really? great is that it yeah um but i think i did try and because uh, i couldn't i couldn't it took me a while to think about talking to family and friends about the fact that i borrow money to buy properties um so it was it was like professional people for so um looking on linkedin talking to people um or different, or like go uh, uh, different networking events, and um, or just in social media, there's lots of Facebook groups for property and uh, talking Just finding people that way. Um, but yeah, so, so I you, think who was,
0: was your first angel? What was that story?
1: Um, How did you get? So first angel, well, uh, was somebody I never met, and it was through a, um, a Facebook group. I just started kind of chatting and saying, and it, I think it was. I was so surprised that they were prepared to lend money um because i felt like oh I'm, I'm, I'm not that experienced but um yeah but they were you know as a professional investor they knew they've got they done property themselves so they they knew what they wanted they wanted a security so they were habitified 100 but they wanted you know a better interest rate for it and a first charge um so but it, it worked for me and i was happy with that and then um on the jv they bought the money um and we use another angel from um that was one of their friends partners who was prepared to lend us money um and yeah now i think it's because uh people are aware of what i'm doing more um it is family and friends that are prepared to invest so um that's great and sometimes it's like you know now i'm much more confident knowing um because i got one private investor from facebook and yeah they were somebody who hadn't got the confidence at that point to invest themselves or were trying to find the perfect deal i think Um, so by lending me the money, it meant they were getting an interest, but they could also kind of see what I was doing. And I think it kind of gave them the comfort to go and do it themselves. Um, yeah. And they're fine. See, so, yeah, I think they come from different places because it is um, like, there's somebody who I'm talking to who was prepared to lend me like over half a million for a deal that I didn't end up doing, but it, that blew me away. Cause there was somebody I just spoke into on zoom and they were just somebody who used to be a mortgage broker and um, so they understand the market and what I'm trying to do, but they just don't want to do it themselves. Um,
0: yeah, that's coming now. I am just hearing your, your your baby in the background. Do you want to take a quick break and, and go and see if they're okay? Okay, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and let, let's find out what you're up to next and what's next for you, Babs. So we'll take a short break there. So we're back. Uh, so we So your daughter's now nice and settled. She's with you, you can see. Hello. <laughs> Um, but yeah, juggling life and property. So i have say we've had some great stories about, so, you know, I, I love the, your angel story. It was, I know that was a bit of a block for you um, to be able to, you know, to, to bring kind of work and personal together and to, and to go out there. And it's really interesting to hear that your first angel was someone you'd never met. Um, now, this is something that, you know, I speak to a lot of students coming into property that it just completely blows them away. It's like, why would anybody lend you, you know, when you've never even met them? Um, and mm-hmm. you mentioned it, and I'm going to go way back to kind of beginning. You mentioned three words. You mentioned know, like, trust. Yeah. Um, and this is something that, you know, that I teach a lot in my you know, mentorships and with through our training. It's to kind of get over this mental block of why would someone lend? Well, people lend and want to work with people they know, like, and trust. Yep. So if you get to know someone and they trust you um, and they like you, um, they'll lend to you no matter what what you've done, whether they know you or not. Um, and And this is, something that you kind of prove by doing it and again this is something that you've just you know you identified this as a block we talked about it you worked on it and and here you are you've gone on and had you know huge success doing this so um again it's just that kind of you know learning what you need to learn and, and going out and making it happen um yeah. so fantastic yeah okay so so let's move on to what's what's next for you i know um you know if we rewind back to that mentorship you know we were looking at your block of six flats we were looking at other bite to but we could see straight away that you were really really capable and um of, of doing more than that and so we went to view an old hotel didn't we an old b&b
1: yeah.
0: um it was a bit battered um great location though just off the uh, promenade wasn't it and yeah. um 14 rooms something like that so was it more it was bigger actually wasn't it i think it was bigger
1: yeah i think it might have been 18
0: uh, rooms, yeah, team team rooms actually. at the bottom so um yeah so yeah so it was an opportunity to 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 you know um look at this smart hotel kind of model yep. now the time again you know for most people this would have been a bit much to start with but I, I said you know on that mention we identified that you were really able to kind of look at bigger things having already done one block of six um, so yeah there's something we looked at i know and um it was moving into that that space of apart hotels, um, short short stay accommodation. So let, tell us a little bit about that, and we, you know, we I remember looking at this big building with you, and we started working out some numbers. And what what did the numbers tell you?
1: Um, oh, I think the numbers numbers said it was like, you know, it was just there was like it just had to be. It was just a deal. It was going to be. It was going to work. The numbers were going to work really well. Even you know we were stress testing at fairly low occupancies, um, and it still looked good. Um, but yeah, I think it was just after the mentorship, you know, 2020, everything went a bit south. It didn't, the deal kind of fell apart um, in terms of like, I just couldn't give it any attention to focus it. So the deal had to walk away from it, had to walk away from a couple of good deals at that time. Um, but now, yeah, I think it's, um, I very much recognize that I'm still a bit in my comfort zone in terms of, I'm just still doing buy to lets, but it's, it's blocks of flats that I'm looking at. Um, entitled splitting them which is um so that kind of feels like that's my bread and butter but i am still looking at a bigger deal so as you know there's that grade two listed property that um secured and that's yes in a part hotel so this, um, is
0: a, this is an exciting one this is something we worked on um together um what last year we did a bit of coaching yeah. on this one um which is a really exciting project uh, right in the center um of town um historical town um and it's this building kind of right there isn't it it's like right in the heart of this tourist town um that is going to be i think we looked at what eight apartments and there's quite a few problems with that so maybe talk us through this this deal from kind of how you, how you found it what you're looking at because i know there was loads loads of problems to overcome with this one and this really kind of demonstrates that level of persistence yeah. that you need
1: so it's still we're still not there it still feels like it's uh it's it's taking its time but I'm okay with that because I think it is going to be a bigger, it is, well, it is a bigger project. So it was, yeah, a property that, um, again, it's, it's been sitting on the market. It's an amazing building, an amazing location, but I think for most people, it just, it's like, what do you do with it? And it's, yeah. Um, so, um, it had gone under off. I think somebody was going to turn it into flats and um, that fell through because I think they got a bit scared, um, having met them at a networking event afterwards, but, uh, yeah it's this great building I think I just liked there's something about it and where it is that kind of appeals to the ego side of me but uh it's also just it's, it's it will be it would work um and so I think talking to yourself and kind of looking at the plan and talking for options of what could do you know you kind of gave me more confidence that yeah this could this could be great um so even with an estate agent managed to secure it on a creative deal so um I'm not gonna have to pay for all the money straight up um, but it's just yeah it's taken its time just through um, to get to um, the legal sorted just because the vendor has had it for so long they've lost the title deeds so they have having to go for first registration um, and they're trying to also confirm whether it is residential or commercial at the moment because um, it's had so many different uses in the past but yeah. it will be, yeah, that'll take a lot of attention and bring some new skills I think
0: Definitely, yeah. There's always, always stuff to learn. So tell me about the creative structure that you're using on this one.
1: So it's a um, exchange and delay completion. So yeah. we're going to, I'm going to, uh, we're going to exchange contracts and then I've got, um, it's either a year or two years to actually complete on the deal, but I'm wanting to, you know, uh, get planning and then go for development finance to, to get it over the line. And what's it going to be? It is going to be, units? um, Seven, seven units, seven self-contained units.
0: um. Yeah, rented on short, short short-term accommodation, kind of a part hotel.
1: Yeah, going for that smart model with the secure entry. um, You're able to try and keep it as hands-off as possible. Um.
0: Yeah. Okay. Sounds familiar.
1: Yes. (laughs) Um.
0: Um, And what, what are your projected numbers on that? What could that? What could that deal do for you? Do you think?
1: Um. So it's been a while since I looked at the numbers in detail, but it it yeah, it, conservatively like factoring in um yeah, a six percent occupancy, I think we're looking at after expected costs about eleven thousand pounds a month. So um and I know it will be variable over the year, but um yeah, it's yeah. it's it's gonna be a yeah, a life changing deal, kind of take it up to a whole other level than Bitalet's has done.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you've got your portfolio that's just ticking along nicely and allowing you that flexibility in your work. But this one is the game changer, yeah?
1: Yep, yep. Which I think Excellent. is why it's exciting and terrifying. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but you've got, um, you've got support, you know where to come. Um, so, yep. yeah, we we'll definitely be helping you, you know, through that and pull all that together. Um, so, yeah, very exciting, 11K a month. And then from there, what, what's your plans kind of moving forward from there?
1: I think just... um more of the same like I think it's uh like feeling fairly comfortable of just adding more every year um and so I think there'll be I just the way I kind of see it is I think there'll always be a few buy to every year and just um yeah keep an eye on the bigger deal so uh you know there is another problem property I spotted not too far away um in lovely Harrogate that um are price tag of over a million should it, it feels like that should be something that normally would be quite scary, or a few years ago would definitely have been too scary? But um, if I can get the deal right and structure the offer and it's agreeable, then it could work or it would work. So, um, yeah,
0: there we go. Sounds right in your wheelhouse there, Babs. I, yeah. reckon. I reckon up to that level. Fantastic. Okay. So, and when, um, yeah, what's your plans in terms of working? So now you're kind of working, you're, you're reducing your hours down to part time. Is, is the kind of end of the risk? risk job is that in sight
1: yes I think um I think especially being off on maternity leave um I just don't want to go back but I think the, the sensible thing to do and being from a risk background always go for the sensible option would is I want to try and uh, yeah try and go back do my free mums, get my bonus and then um be quitting right back or leaving but I think it'll be try and cut down the hours um, and have more of a structured plan now to getting out of the job. Um,
0: yeah. So you've got a plan on your terms to kind of exit. And you mentioned after your bonus comes next year at some point.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think um, compared to 2018, one good thing of COVID is that, you know, I'm fully remote. So I work from home. Um, so it's not, it's not the pain, but at the same time, I think being off, um, you know, it doesn't excite me. It's, it's the property stuff that I'm interested in and, um, so I think I just yeah, being off and Matt leaves give me more that push to be like, what am I doing? Why am I still doing something that doesn't excite me?
0: Yeah, well, it sounds like you know you've got a couple of very exciting projects on yeah. the go, and fingers crossed they all come to fruition. Fab, right now, um, I wanted to ask you um, our three key questions um, or three key behaviours. What do, what do you think are the three key behaviours of a successful property investor?
1: Um. I think, it's, I think it's resilience because I think um, you've got to you've got to be resilient because every project throws up some new challenges. Um, you know, you can, until you start doing the build or doing something, um, you don't really know what you're really in for. Um, so, and, and it's random stuff that can throw hurdles. So I think of um, one of the projects we're getting over the line now and initially we're fully financing it with an angel. And... Um, and then we realised we could actually get. We thought, all well, we're going to split the title at completion, so we'll get a mortgage. But then the vendors had it so long, we can't get a. We can't split it on completion. We've got to. So, but we've already allocated some of the angel funds to something else. So it's back to um, angel and bridge. We're all going to fully bridge it, and then oh, the bridge wanted to make it a bit harder. So we are like do partly bridge, partly angel. And I think it's just keeping keeping going and saying what we're going to do, or. Um, and then I think, secondly, it's being creative. I think thinking on your feet to see um, yeah. opportunities and also to um, find solutions. I think you need to be a bit creative. Um, and I think it's, I think, fairly, it's, it's that continuous knowledge, you know, um, like keeping keeping up to what trends, what are people doing, um, and also recognising where you don't have the knowledge, but being... Yeah prepared to go and get the knowledge from somebody that does or um, asking for help I think it's a um
0: that's a great one I love that one asking for help yeah understanding what you don't know yeah and finding someone that can that has the answers can help you
1: yeah um I probably should have put something I said something about interpersonal skills I think it is a people business like you know you need to be comfortable talking
0: to you have four all right Thank you. so people skills
1: Yep. And I think it's like, you know, you don't, that doesn't mean you have to be an extrovert. I think there's a, you know, I think you can be introverted or a combination and still be successful. I think it's, but you need to accept that you have to talk to people and <laughs> work with that.
0: It's a non-negation, isn't it? Yeah. You, you have to, you have to be able to talk to people, but as I said, yeah, you don't have to be the, the extrovert type. You can certainly do it um, in your own way, find your own way to do it. Yep. Fab, well that's been a, a, a fascinating conversation, Babs. I, I love your story. Uh, it's one of my kind of, as I said, one of my favorite mentorships that I've done in all my, my years of doing it. Um, yeah. It's great to see everything you're doing, and I know you're just going to be super successful. Um, so um, tell everyone, how does anyone get hold of you or follow your follow your journey?
1: Um, yep. Yeah. So I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on uh, Facebook, um, and Instagram is Meredith Properties.
0: So Meredith Properties on Insta, yeah.
1: Yep. Um and yeah, happy to talk to anybody. It's uh it's something you know a lot of people say, but it's true property can be lonely. So um yeah, I think I drive a lot of my friends and family who aren't that interested in property crazy going on about it. So to always happy to talk to people that are genuinely interested.
0: Yeah. Fantastic. (laughs) um so everybody, yeah, give 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 Babs a follow. Um, she's got a great story. I'm always looking to connect and Again, if anyone's interested in hearing more about what we do, um, it's propertywealthsystem.co.uk. Um, we run trainings and webinars and, and mentoring. Um, and for myself, um, it's Nick Claydon. You can find me on LinkedIn um, and on Instagram, Nick underscore Claydon underscore property. Um, so yeah, fantastic Babs. Great to talk to you, great to catch up. Um, I'm sure we'll be um, continuing to, to, to see each other and speak to each other um, over, the, over the coming months and years and good luck with everything that you're doing.